an instructor by the name of Bill Johnson. And he's a professor in a university of the school in California called Bethel. And I thank God that he doesn't have me to travel all the way to Bethel for curriculum. But God brings Bethel to me. And I thank God for favor. I thank God for favor. Total favor. Divine favor. And this instructor said to me, In ministry, you're going to fail three times. And if you don't, you're not in ministry. And he's not talking about failing in a sense of not being successful. He means failure as in you are going to learn from not knowing what to do. Because you are not a sensationist. You are not a person that's built upon and will be built upon literature or falsified theology that will have people to be provoked and have it aggravated to see and feel and encounter things that's not even existing. No, you are a continuationist. You are like your father who's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So are you. That is your reproof. He said, I'm not teaching you what to think. Why I'm teaching you, I want you to think. Because I'm teaching you how to think. How to think. Because you're going to find corrections and mistakes. You're going to find the truth and lies. You're going to find discoveries and things that are hidden. And so are you. How many times in ministry we made mistakes? I know I do. Even by the scripture alone or the name. Oh, excuse me, guys. And I go back and correct it. Oh, that wasn't Abraham. Excuse me. That was Jacob. (laughs) How many times we cook and you understand? Oh, let me add this. Oh, that was missing. Or sing this. Okay, that tune was off. Oh, I forgot that lyric. Or dance move. Oh, teach me the choreography again. Or painting. I forgot to use this. You understand? Stencil. We learn through our mistakes. And what God is really teaching us is to let him be because we are a vessel. See, as a three-part being, we're still the vessel that God is using. And God doesn't make mistakes. But we are making mistakes by learning how to be used as a vessel. And guess what, guys? Every time we are all in a room, no matter what room it is, and someone can ask a question and say, by the show of hands, answer this. Many of us wouldn't even answer, but know the answer because we're afraid of it being the wrong answer. And guess what? That is actually the right one. Same goes for prophecies. If we go in the room and we just stand in line, front, you understand, not side by side, but you understand, in front of each other, 
and we just go back and forth and rotating, you know, amongst each other to give a word of prophecy. Many of us would just make up things or just have nothing to say because we're afraid of just letting God be. We're afraid of getting it wrong. We're afraid of laying hands because something may go wrong. We're afraid of saying what's really inside because it may not happen. So it's not what to think, it's how to think regarding ministry because we fail all the time at it. Because in the midst of the failures, it's not our fault. We have to just continue to let him do it. Let him do it. We have to just open our mouths and let him release. Release our hands and let him use. Release our limbs and let it be. Release our children and let them live unto him. Give them our homes and their goals, our ministry. As for me and my house, you and your house, we got to start just letting things be unto God. We keep trying to get it right. We keep trying to sound educated. We keep trying to sound with words that's kind of like debation. We're competing and comparing with the same God. Let him be. That's why people run around. And we are also like a chicken with a head cut off because we're trying to find true theology, but it's only found in letting God be. Christ said, I only do what my father does and say what he has me to say. You see me, you see the father. He's not saying that I am God. No, it's just that I'm a split image. And so are you. We look like God. We see God. We have visions from God. We hear like God. We come to God. We know God is God. We release in God. We receive in God. We give praise and honor unto God. We know all the glory and honor belong to God. Come on, someone. Receiving the attributes of God's virtuosity. You understand? Just receiving instruction. And instruction is nothing but instructor's instruction. When it comes to our relationship with Christ, that's an understanding. Because even though we stand, we stand under him. And that is the under and the standing. Do you understand? See, God breaks up his word because he wants us to know that he's just that instructional, which is attached to him being intentional. Simple as that. We don't have to complicate anything. Because everything of God, it starts with truth. Those who worship God must worship God in spirit and in truth. That's how we be opened. That's how we become available. That's how we become alert. That's where our hunger is. It's found in truth. You have a seed on the inside of you. And that seed is called the kingdom of God. 
and is usually traditional speaking in a sense of the word sperm, but it's really sperma, which means seed. And we have to allow God to water the seed. And as he waters the seed, which we cause it to happen due to our praise and our worship, our giving of thanks and receiving fresh revelations and spiritual discipline, having spiritual insight and putting all the good things that's afforded unto us from the kingdom to good use. And there goes the seed growing on the inside. And it produced a harvest, the kingdom, which, you know, on the inside of you and I, it produces realities. And that's the harvest on the inside of you. The realities of the kingdom becoming so natural to you that it's manifesting itself unto you and not just you, but everything around you. So now when you walk, they feel God in you. People be healed by you walking past because of the kingdom in you. That's why Christ went away to pray so much. He tapped into a new way of eating, fasted more than he ate here. Every time he provided something regarding a food substance or a drinking substance, he would always just talk about how he give it over to them. When he was cooking by the seaside, he was preparing food in the morning, fish and bread on the fire. For some disciples, not all, it was only a few of them. Because many, you know, the rest of them probably was at home somewhere. But the ones who were there, toiling all night, and yet he's cooking for them while they're still trying to get what they cannot get. But what they're trying to get, he's cooking for them. But he still had them to cast their net and gain more than they ever had before. And he said, bring some of what you have. And they ate. Even at the Passover. He began to have them to eat and then begin to say what the bread is for, what the wine is for. And they had wine. They didn't have grape juice. They had wine. Because they asked, do you want to take? He said, not this time. But I will take with you the new cup of wine. He provided for them to have. He didn't even take anything. And when it came to multiplying a two-piece fish dinner, Christ said, and they ate. Mm. You understand? He spent more time fasting and praying than anything. Because he was giving God the access to water the seed of the kingdom on the inside. Because we're going to need the kingdom on the inside to receive the realities of home in order to bring that home here. We have to know what's going on. We have to receive downloads and deposits. It's not just food. It's not just inventions. It's not just visions and dreams. No, it's actually the entire reality of the kingdom itself. The entire environment. The atmosphere. What is the kingdom like to you? What does it feel like? What does it sound like to you daily? Not tapping into where you are from occasionally. And we try to invade territories perpetually? Doesn't make sense. So we have to keep watering the kingdom on the inside. So it continue to produce realities. That's why we are trying to do things and it's not happening. Because we're not allowing God and his kingdom to be.
and we're a vessel to allow it to happen. So when you hear words of wisdom, think why you hear a person speak. And it's not what to think. It's how to think. Hallelujah. We have to be honest. That gives God the access to finish what he started. Because we have to be honest with our walk. How can we release truth and yet we're not honest inside? We have to be real with our walk with God. He's not saying tell your business to your neighbor. No, tell it to me. I already know. Tell me how you feel. Tell me what's on your mind. I said yesterday, I am so sleepy. I'm tired, God. And then last night, Holy Spirit had me in and out of sleep. Quinesha, something good is about to happen to you. Here it goes again. <laughs> the last time Holy Spirit said that was 2020 in April. And honestly, I didn't feel like nothing good can happen to me. Because nothing good was happening around me. Something good about to happen to you. I'm like, what? And it's April during the time. And my birthday is September. So I'm like, what? My birthday? I just didn't feel that was it. That's all Holy Spirit was helping to say to me. Something good is happening to you. And I'm like, what? Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving? <laughs> Didn't feel the confirmation. Christmas, no confirmation. I didn't have no sensation to even feel that that was it. No. So I'm just wandering around, doing a pandemic in my apartment. Okay, I'm working on Zoom. Something good's about to happen to me. I don't know what. And Holy Spirit just kept saying it. What is it? And Holy Spirit did not give me an answer. And let me tell you why. Because when it comes to God, Jesus, and Holy Spirit, many of us think that they are all one in a sense of quantity. When God say we are one, he's talking about the wholeness, the oneness, in a sense of quality, not quantity. And there are scriptures I'm about to give you to back it up. When God say one is, it's pretty much saying one band, one sound, one faith, one love, one kingdom. One God, one son, one Holy Spirit, one you. We are one with the knowledge. We are one with the faith. We are one with the kingdom of God. We are one. Meaning we have a great understanding. We agree, we're persuaded, we're synchronized. It doesn't mean they are all one in a sense of quantity because God would never have written this word, let us make man if he was talking to himself. God would never say in his word, 
I so loved the world that I gave my only begotten son. God provided in his word for him to say who he is as our heavenly father. He would not provide his word that he seated Christ back at the right hand of himself. If Christ is God in a sense of quantity, he'd be sitting in God's seat and not on the right hand side where we sit. And Christ would not have said in God's word, I only say what my father say. And I want you to pray, our father, not myself. My father has given me all authority. I am the king of you kings. I am the Lord of you lords. And God wouldn't have said in the garden of Eden, once Adam and Eve disobeyed, God said in the midst of them, and he wasn't talking to them, and he wasn't talking to Satan. So who else was there in the word? God said, now they are like us. Now they know the difference between good and evil. Now they are like us. Who is us? He's not talking to Satan. He referred to Adam and Eve. They are. But who is the us? He's talking to who? His son. He said, I am the son of God. Not I am God. He said, when you see me, you see God. When he said, I'm a split image of God, that's saying that I see like my father. I speak like my father. I hear like my father. I demonstrate my father because I'm in the image of my father, just like us. And when it comes to Christ, he's our Lord and Savior. God cannot touch sin. So why would he come here in the flesh? Flesh is sinful nature. Why would he, you understand, even procreate to recreate Christ as our Messiah if he could do it himself? Not saying he cannot because he could do all things. But if he wanted to be that way, it would have been that way. So when it comes to us being minister of the gospel, we cannot be sensationist. That's a person to provoke people, to aggravate people, to have them to feel sized up for something that is false. We are continuationist. Continue on true theology. Biblical theology and kingdom facts. It's not always about earthly facts because a fact don't mean the will of God. There are facts that are bad. Like Satan is the father of lies. That's a fact because God said it, but that's a bad fact. I don't want to receive that fact. In the sense of I come alongside and say, oh, that's something that I want to perceive in a sense to walk in. You understand? Every fact is not godly. But kingdom realities are so much more sensational than anything else. And when it comes to a description of Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit is a covering. Holy Spirit is described in so many ways in the form of a dove, living water, 
in overflow, fire, all-consuming fire, comforter, and most importantly, help. Holy Spirit is our help. Because our help comes from who? The Lord. And what did the Lord say? Let not your hearts be troubled. I'm going to my father's house to prepare a place for you. And I'm going to release a comforter. I'm going to release help unto you. You understand? So, we cannot confuse the three. They all have their own identity as a description. But it's all from one God, one truth, one faith, one, you understand, kingdom. The oneness of God. And not quantity, but quality. Regarding the kingdom of God. So continue to have your seed be watered right now. Because as you continue to be watered, you're receiving more from heaven. You're receiving more realities. You're receiving more discoveries. You're receiving more deposits. You're receiving more downloads. And it's not always about you when you receive or me. We're receiving for everyone. Because interceding is not just for us, not just for those who we know or don't know. It's for everyone. Many of us call Christ the names of God. Many of us call God the names of Christ. Many of us don't know what to call Holy Spirit. Don't even know what and how to describe Holy Spirit as. Many of us will try to have Holy Spirit and a godly identity and image. It's a spirit of truth. Everything in the kingdom is spiritual. So when you hear the word spirit, it doesn't mean in human form. It doesn't mean in God's image in that form. Our Lord and Savior, which is also in our form, in our God's form, outside of our three parts, just spirit to spirit. That's not Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is a covering. And it's not just on the outside. It's a cover of help, a cover of comfort that keeps us where we need to be. On the inside out. The knowledge of God, the voice of God to say, go left. I'm used to going right. Go left. Okay. Ooh, I'm glad I didn't go right. It's a bad accident. Help. Help. God never describes Holy Spirit in a sense of the formality of us and Christ and our Father. 
God always described Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost as help. Fire to do what? Speak tongues of fire. All-consuming fire. Receiving Holy Spirit gives us the knowledge to speak with the evidence of an unknown tongue and to discern insight, wisdom, and knowledge, healing, prophecies all come from Holy Spirit. The Spirit of, the gifts of. We don't operate in them without Holy Spirit. They all come with Holy Spirit. And it's good to receive a revelation of God's, you understand, description of who he is as our creator and Christ as our personal savior, the son of God, our Messiah, and Holy Spirit as our help. And that is our trinity. And when we say they all one, man is all on one accord. Not all one in a sense of quantity. One description. Because God describes them all on one accord, but they all have their own description. You understand? And once we gain theology of it, we see things a lot more clear in the spiritual realm. We wouldn't call God Lord God. We wouldn't do that. But I notice in a lot of texts and context and literature, a lot of things are documented in literature that way. Lord God, you understand? Master God. There's all kinds of ways that we put Christ's name on God and put God's name on Christ. Because when it comes to literature, you have to really get to know the author and the writing. Because the writing and knowing the author tells you a lot about how they think and where their words and their texts are coming from. Because many authors are very traditional. And like many of us, if I write a book and you write a book, it could be the same title, but we gonna write about different things because we perceive differently. So you have to find what the author is actually trying to release to you. And a lot of times we misinterpret something that's right there in plain sight. We try to speak all outside and come up with a total book outside of one line that it was never even meant to say. It was taken out of context. Hallelujah. For an example, no translation, no um, mention. Someone interpreted John perceiving himself to be the one Christ loved the most. And it was spoken about, you know, a lot due to it being written about in literature. I'm John the beloved, the one Christ loves the most. 
But John would never say that because Christ never treated him any better. But someone perceived that because John was always available. Because for one, he was younger. The rest of them had, you know, families and professions like Peter. You on a boat most of the time. Christ even grabbed some of them while they were in their professions. A tax collector. You understand? So a lot of times we perceive like another scripture. God gives us the desires of our hearts. That's misinterpreted a lot. I can ask God for whatever and I get it. And that's why many of us are feeling let down and disappointed now. I want this, God. You're not saying anything. Why not yet? Because I didn't write that. You got to read what comes after that. According to my will. You're not asking my will. When you ask for my will, then I show you what my will is. I will let you hear what's in my will. I will give you vision dreams about what's in my will. I'll release you fresh revelations regarding my will. I will have you to walk in manifestations due to the will. If you ask for my will. And not try to have me to do your will. Hallelujah. So stay open. And being open is being honest. You know what's so amazing about Adam and Eve? God told Adam that he was going to make them some clothing as he was and they exit out and giving them all the word that God had to give them due to the sin that they brought upon themselves. And God let Satan know about what was happening to him due to him being the one to deceive. And not to get all in theology today, but it's just you know, it's a thought to think about. It's not what to think, it's how to think. And it's amazing that God, I want you to, in your own time, I want you to go to Genesis 5, King James Version. And I want you to go to verse 2. King James Version, Genesis 5, verse 2. And it says, male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam. In the day when they were created. Listen to the text. Male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name, their name, not his name. Or her name alone. He called their name Adam. Even though a lot of texts give us the name woman because her name was mentioned as woman because he's a man. But God named Adam after he named every living creature. Then God given Adam his name. And when God created Eve out of Adam, he called them both Adam. 
He got them both at him. He called Eve Adam. He saw them as one. In a sense of even the name. He called them both Adam. And there I was wondering. Why didn't you give her a name? That was her name to God. Adam. Yes, you are a woman, but your name, woman, is Adam. Now you visionize that. In the Garden of Eden, God dwelling with them, supping with them, going back and forth with them, attending to them, and calling them both Adam. That's why they both ran and hit. I'm up. I'm up. I'm up. It's not what you think, it's how you think. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, oh God, oh my God, Ooh. it's not what you connected to, it's who you connected to, because I'm going to tell you like this, let me go back to that, they both hid when God called, ah, come on, oh God, God is clapping, God is clapping, come on. That's why they both hid. Because that was both of their names. But the man, Adam, he's responsible because he was created first. Who told you he was naked? And did he try to blame Eve? The woman. He didn't even call her Adam. No, the, no, it's the woman. Adam called her the woman because he was in trouble. That's like saying a deceiver. You get in trouble. Somebody got you caught. Yeah, the liar told me this about you. The gossiper that you bought near me on his job, God. The cheater that you had me to marry, God. The prejudger that keep coming for me, criticizing me, God. The woman. What he was doing was putting Eve under him to get himself, but knowing he can't. Because you caught Rahab. Now he wasn't going to lie. He didn't lie. He said, but I did. And I did eat. And I did listen. And I did disobey. I did. I did. But his first reaction is the woman. Because before she was given the name Adam, she was a woman. It's pretty much saying, God is your fault. You create this woman for me. I, I wouldn't have went through this if you ain't create her. But you know what? I listened. He had to remember who he's talking to. Wait a second. But I did. Just like we have to remember who we talking to. 
We try to blame our parents for us getting in trouble. For getting caught red-handed. Well, if you have not left that day, I wouldn't have touched that out the fridge. <laughs> if you would have left that change there, I wouldn't have went to the store. But I did spend it. And yes, I did eat that out the fridge. Do you understand? Genesis 5, verse 2, King James Version described God calling their names Adam. So you can imagine how she felt to be called Eve. But God let Adam keep his name. You understand? He had Adam to name her, but he kept his. That says a lot about Eve. She felt very bad for what she has done. Because she didn't say much about it again. Sometimes you feel so bad, you just want to let it go. Don't mention it, Adam, please. I know, I know, Adam. And you don't hear him talking about it either. What a story to tell your kids, Cain and Abel. And you can tell the heart she had because when Abel, you know, was murdered by his brother, God blessed her with Seth. And she said, thank you in so many words for blessing me with another son, even though the other son was murdered. Imagine that knowledge for parents. Two twins and one kill one of them out of envy and jealousy because you were the cause by eating off a tree that you shouldn't post to. You shouldn't have eaten off of. Wasn't supposed to eat off. So imagine their lives in the earth like all of this because of that darn apple. It wasn't even worth it. The apple probably was nasty. It probably was sour and everything. God. But the tree was so beautiful. But the fruit probably was as sour as can be because it's evil. Evil don't taste good. Evil only looks. I got to get off. It only looks appealing. That's the purpose of Satan's deception. It's dressed up to look so good. Look at that woman. Oh, she look good. But guess what? That's not the woman for me. We argue too much. We fuss too much. She don't even cook. She don't even clean. She don't even get along with my mother. What was I thinking? God talk. Come on, Sawama. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Same thing for the bed. I thought he was cute. Half of him on the floor. His toupee on the floor, his mustache on the floor. That wasn't even his muscles. That was a bodysuit. What in the world did I do? Same for men. <laughs> I thought I wanted that house. Neighbors making all this noise. Doing. Thought I wanted that building to buy. It's mice everywhere. Thought I wanted that job. Too much work. Not worth the money. I thought I wanted kids. I went no time to myself. 
See, a lot of these things happen when we don't allow the seed to be watered. We start complaining because we start going after things that looks appealing. That looks appealing. And sin is not set up to not look appealing because we already know not to go near. See, our eyes are open when we receive the truth because God says the truth should set you free and the scales are removed. So, if we can see sin for what it is, there wouldn't be no scales to be removed. It wouldn't be no receiving Holy Spirit to walk in the truth. So it's the end down to the beginning. If you want to find God's move and how God moved, you have to look to the end, to the beginning. How can I look that way, Quenisha, looking at the solution regarding every problem? That's the end to the beginning. Because there is a solution to every problem. And the solution is the outcome. And the problem is the preparation. Because you have to go through what it takes to receive the healing, the delivering, the consecration, the advancing, the empowerment, the discipline. In order to be what? More mature, more seasoned. To be used more effectively. Look how much you have grown. Look how much you have grown. Now look how much more you will grow if you look at every solution due to every problem that you face. Not even see the problem as a problem, but see the problem as a solution because you already know that is your outcome. That is your reward. You coming out on top. Already see yourself on top. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, me tossing and turning all night. Something good about to happen to you. And Holy Spirit this time was beginning to tell me. See, the first time, 2020, September, Holy Spirit, I was like, oh, well, what? What? What could happen? Because during that time, it didn't look like nothing. And Holy Spirit is a help to just tell a revelation. So I'm going to give you each description of our Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit was having me to feel something good has happened. So hold on. Something good has happened. Don't let go. Something good has happened. Keep moving forward. Something good has happened. Keep using your faith. Something good has happened. Keep giving thanks. Something good has happened. Keep sowing into the Word. Something good has happened. Stand on the Word. Something good has happened. Capping on, count it all joy. Something good has happened. Continue. 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 Something good has happened. Ayo. Don't stop. Don't turn around. Don't give up. Something good is happening. Hold on. That's Holy Spirit as a help. Hold on. I want to quit. Hold on. I want to die. Hold on. I'm depressed. Hold on. I'm stressed out. Hold on. I'm angry. Hold on. I want to give up. Hold on. I'm pissed off. Hold on. Something good about happening, you Father, you're taking too long. Hold on. When? Hold on. Where? Hold on. Who? Hold on. How? Hold on. Come on, somebody. I'm ready to preach. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, say you already are. Jesus. I'm telling you. Here goes Christ. Holy Spirit is a help to lead me to Christ. 
Now I'm going in the bedroom. It's a pandemic. I'm at home working from home. So, okay, I'm being led by Holy Spirit to go in the room. I see Christ. He's standing in the window. And he moved the blinds to peep through outside. He didn't, you know, just lift the blinds up. No, he moved them to look out the window. And I'm like, wait a second. What are you looking at? The kids playing football in the street? Do these kids even know Christ is looking? What do that even look like to see Christ looking out the window at you playing outside? Come on. Do these kids even know what I see him doing? Regarding them? How about their parents? Do their parents know Christ is in the window looking at your kids playing outside? I'm going to show you guys what that looked like. I have to put that into a skit or some, some type of side effects. I got to make it graphical. I have to. He looked out the window while I'm walking in the room. No, he, he, let me tell you what he did. You know the blinds. He moved them to the side and just looked out. I'm like, what are you looking at? The kids playing football, looking at them out there with them too. Like, wait a minute. Oh, the kids outside playing? Oh my God. Our Lord and personal Savior looked out the window at the kids playing football in the street. I can just imagine what he's thinking about every single child and how he saw them out there. Come on. Come on. So I'm going to tell you Christ's description. Now, giving you Holy Spirit as a help led me to Christ, knowing that something good is about to happen to me. Okay, now Holy Spirit led me into the bedroom. Okay, now I'm in the bedroom. Christ looked out the window, and I looked at Christ. All I can feel on the inside of me is something's not right with my decision making. Out of all things to say, I could have said, Christ, am I living wrong? Christ, am I walking wrong? Christ, am I talking wrong? Only thing that came out of my belly was Christ, did I marry the wrong man? Out of all the things that was in my spirit to come out, did I marry the wrong man? And Christ said to me, yes. That was it. It wasn't no yes, this and that. He just said, yes, I'm not done. I'm giving you Christ's description. See, Holy Spirit leads by helping. And now I've been led to Christ. Now I know the truth. And you know what? The truth should do what? Set you free, right? So when Christ said yes, I walked around the side of my bed. I sat down. I said, you know what? Just go ahead with somebody else's life. You just, you know, it's not worth building me anymore. I messed up too bad. It don't get no worse than this. I have failed you. I have messed up bad. Just go ahead. I, I, I'm a failure. Just go ahead. I'm, I'm done. I, my life is ruined. And he sat beside me and said, no, your life has just begun. So I looked up like, this not it for me? It's not the end for me? This not the end for me? No, this is the beginning. He never said that to me before. This is the beginning. So after he said that, then you know, there goes Abba. See, it's God, Jesus, Holy Spirit. 
But when they don't have the access, when God doesn't have access due to me living from a different reality, see, it can only be God's reality or Satan's reality. So I was living from the world way of doing things. So that's Satan's reality. So God doesn't have access to even talk to me or say anything to me. Neither does Christ. But when you have Holy Spirit as your, you know, your help, Holy Spirit going to be a help. Holy Spirit going to comfort you because you're going to need comfort in order to walk back in spirit and in truth and to keep you that way. You understand? Holy Spirit know how to keep. So Holy Spirit... As my help led me to Christ, Christ leading me to God, now I know the truth. So I asked God for his plot. I rededicated and asked God for his plot by saying, yes, God, I surrender. And God said to me, now these are God's words. This is God's description. See, now he has access to release his will. This is not your husband. This is. I want to tell you the truth because now is a time for your preparation regarding your purpose. Let the preparation begin. And have me to go on live. Why it was happening, not after. Many times we testify after. No, I'm testifying why it's happening. Why I'm throwing away things, I'm live. You know, like, okay, this is getting rid of the old stuff like God. I'm like, oh my God. I never did this before. I never put nobody in my bedroom. I never went live. I never talked about what's going on in my personal affairs. And I felt so good to get that crap out. I didn't care who heard. And that was the first time I ever seen myself like that. It wasn't no, oh my God. What are you doing, Q? You gotta snap out of it. No, it was, Father, this feels good. I never been like this. I never felt like this. And that's how the kingdom began to water the seed on the inside of me. Because the kingdom has access because I'm being open due to being honest about my walk. Many of us hear the truth and keep denying it. It's not me. It's not me. God, like, it's you. Not me. You. I'm the one saying it. I'm your father. Who are you worshiping? I'm telling you it's you. It's not me. Okay. You see, Adam, he was like, you know what? The woman, okay, but look, I ain't. You have to hold yourself accountable. Okay, God, look at Jonah. Okay, I'm going to Nineveh. I didn't want to go because look how they acting. That's why I didn't want to go. Because they rebellious. They're not worth your salvation. They're not worth your... You know, forgiveness. You understand? Even Job, he started to be like, you know what? I wish I wasn't even born. Shave his head and everything. But he never cursed God. He just wished that he wasn't here. <laughs> and imagine how Satan felt. No, I want you to wish that you didn't have a relationship with God. And you're not doing that. I want you to curse God. No, you try to curse yourself. No, curse God. Oh, you honor him that much, you'll curse yourself. You understand? And I'm telling you guys, that's how the setup was for me. Full prosperity. Holy Spirit, something good happening. Christ, did I do this? Yes. Your life is just beginning. And in God, forgive me for what I've done. Now this is what's happening. 
this is my plan. This is the will. See, when God has access, he tells you what it is. All the forgiving and all of the, you know, repenting, all of that is with Christ. Out with the old and with the new. With God is just receiving truth. Rededication is spent a lot with Christ. God is what comes with that. God is results. God is reality. God is fruition. God is the one who released every promise. He's the releaser. Christ points us to the releaser. And if Christ released, he's being used by God to release from the releaser. And that's us being used today as a vessel, a releaser. So you're going to make mistakes as a releaser. Because you and I, as a releaser, we are three-part being. That's why we have to stay renewing our minds so God can be heard. God can be seen. Who want to hear a word from somebody coming from their feelings? Who want to hear a song from somebody who pissed off? You talking about love and marriage and yet... You jacked up. You only want to be in a relationship. You hate all women and men. Who want to work next to somebody who don't want to work? Who want to leave their children with somebody who don't like kids? <laughs> who want to get a prophecy from someone who prophesied? Who want to eat from someone who can't cook? Who want to live with someone who's not clean? Who want to be intimate with someone who doesn't bathe? You understand? This is what God is saying. Let him be. We're going to make mistakes. But when we begin to know how to think, we will see that it's him being done. Him being seen, excuse me, him being heard, his work's being done, and we're out of his way. Because a lot of times we are in our own way, and that is in his way. Because we are a vessel unto him, for him to be glorified. How can a marriage prosper if we keep arguing all the time? That's not allowing God to shine through the marriage. If I keep pushing my child away, then how can God shine through me being a mother? If I don't be patient and wait for marriage, then how can God shine in my patience and allowing patience to have his perfect work while I'm blessing entirely one another? How can I have God to shine? I don't use my faith because I live off of things I see and not believe in things I don't see. I realize how much I really have faith. That's why the kingdom is so alive in me. And what I say and do, you guys receive so much from me. People are receiving so much of God through me because I'm allowing his kingdom to be manifested due to the seed, the sperma that's been planted. And guys, it comes from the truth. Because this preparation has been nothing but faith. 
I don't get no word, no conversation, nor a phone call about who I'm about to marry. I don't get anything physically done or said. Everything is spiritual. Everything is me using my faith due to what God is showing me and saying to me and visioning dreams, signs and wonders, following. Many were here. Yes, this is it. Yes, come on. We can prepare. Oh my goodness. It's none of that. It is you believe what God says you only believe. And there goes the reality that comes with it. You have to keep on believing, Q. You cannot doubt, Q, even if it don't look like it, Q. Yeah, he know what it is. He hear you. He see what it is. But you got to keep using your faith for it, Q. And I'm like, okay, God. Okay, God. You think it's easy? But to hear what Christ says, blessed are those. Blessed is a man Blessed, blessed are those who believe and have not seen. I didn't see anything. I didn't really hear anything. I'm not talking about things indirect. I mean directly to my face on the phone. Done naturally. That I can say, oh, okay. Something you don't have to use faith for. You just know it is. No, this is me using my faith for going on three years, every day, every second, for what God is saying. Faith, faith, faith. And I am so proud of myself. Because I could have said, you know what, God, in so many ways, nah, it's not it. Don't look like it. Don't sound like it. Didn't hear anything. Didn't say anything. Not so. Nah, Father. Nah, but my answer is always yes. And I talk to this man and I engage with my faith because on my podcast, it don't say the name who listening, but I perceive well. It's him. It's him. Every time it's him. It's him. I know it's you. I know it's you. My faith says you. My believing says you. My trust says you. You understand? My heart says you. My mind says you. My soul says you. All of my being said it's true. Come on, someone. This is faith in action. I can really say I'm a woman of faith. I can really say I'm Proverbs 31. Because this is nothing but faith and standing on it. God say, this is getting good, Quenisha. You have to make another episode. 